0: So uh, just to get us started off, I know not everybody here knows you guys as well as, as some. Uh, can you just briefly share your story of how you guys ended up in the mission field and where you're at? Yeah,
1: um, a lot of you guys have been here from the very beginning of that journey, and which has been um, exciting. Um, briefly, for, for my side of the story, um, I felt called to missions, um, uh, even as a, a, being a missionary kid on the field, and uh, which is why I went to Tocco Falls College, one of our alliance schools, to uh, do missions as a um, as a major. And I met uh, Vicky on her internship in uh, Gabon, which is where I grew up, and uh, found out that she was passionate about missions as well, and that's where God was leading her. And and you guys know that story because you raised her. <laughs> um, but uh, we we went to Senegal for in two thousand thirteen for two years, and that was kind of a Uh, an apprenticeship, an internship, uh, seeing if this is where God wants us full-time. And uh, you guys helped get us there as well. And and now, uh, I guess since uh, 2016, we went back full-time. And uh, we haven't left uh, Senegal since. God continues to clearly show us that that's uh, where we need to be, keeps opening the doors for us. And that's kind of been how we've been approaching... um, (laughs) God's leading in all this is if God is is continuing to to provide and open the doors and not show us anywhere else this is where we know where we need to be regardless if we're seeing results or not you
0: know yeah. um so Africa's kind of got a lot of different languages going on right so what, what languages do you guys have to know
1: yeah so In Senegal, um, not everyone has to speak uh, Wolof, which is, um, if you're in Sunday school, the the primary language spoken in Senegal. But it is, um, if you understand Wolof, you can get just about anywhere in the country, and and especially where we live in the north, um, we really can't dive into deep relationships with people, um, especially if we're bringing in a sensitive message without knowing their language. And once you do know the language of Wolof, um, people are, are, are more attentive to hear you out because not a lot of people take the time to, to learn their language and it's, it's uh, kind of hard. So we speak Wolof, we also speak French as well because French is uh, on paper the, the national language um, as Senegal, like many other West African countries, were colonized by the French. So Wolof and French.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> more power to you. Uh, <laughs> What kind of area do you live in? Like, Describe your neighborhood a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think one time we, we <laughs> I tried to record a little video. It was really m- jiggly and moving around. I probably made myself dizzy when I watched it. But um, we used to live, first of all, the city that we're in is, is, is a small city. Um, it kind of feels like Warren. So give that as your kind of context. It doesn't really feel like a city, um, but it's got uh, around 300,000 people now. And we, we used to live in the poorest neighborhood, which is where a lot of our church and activities are located. But now we kind of moved outside the city just to be a little bit, have a little bit more privacy. Um, and we kind of moved into a little bit of more of a, a middle-class neighborhood. Um, I don't know how you really would describe it. It's sandy. <laughs> no, there's no trees really around. Um, most of the people in our neighborhood live in uh, a cement building, a block, you know, cement block building of some sort. Flat roofs—that's the best way
0: I can kind of describe our our neighborhood. Uh, so, I mean, you grew up overseas. Vicky grew up here. Now you're both in in Africa. Where do you consider home? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's not a fair question.
1: <laughs> well, obviously, for Vicky, home is is always going to be here. And that that's regardless. Um, I'm like a mutt, you know, I, I don't know where I belong, to be honest with you. Um, uh, Central Africa, where I grew up, is, is still considered home, even though I haven't been back there in a long time. Um, Senegal, though, is, is becoming, like, it is home. Like, it is home to me, um, especially as, as, I, as I have more and more friends. The longer we stay there, i got more friends. So it is becoming more home to me. Um, but I don't know, I'm torn, always in between, you know, here in Warren and Senegal and Central Africa. So I can't answer your question.
0: It <laughs> wasn't supposed to be a trick. <laughs> Wherever
1: the food
0: is, the best food is, that's where my home is. That's even more dangerous, I think. All right. Um, can you just describe like a typical day for you guys? No. There is no typical no, day. No, there's no typical day. <laughs> um,
1: that is asked a lot. That's why we, we put that question in, right? Um, I'm always asked, what, what do you do on a regular basis? What does your day look like? And it, the truth is there's never really a similar day. There are set, set activities through the week that we try to maintain. Um, for instance, like our street boys program happens every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I'm there two of those three days at our center. Um but a lot of my roles really right now are visitation. Um I, I love just hanging out with people. I'm a people guy. Um so I don't like to be cooped up inside. Um I usually have a few uh rounds throughout the week of different relationships that I've been working towards and and um cultivating to go and continue visiting, visiting with their families. Um and, and to be honest, the majority part of, of those visitations is really prepping beforehand, just asking God to really lead those times and trying to come up with either a story to tell or um, some kind of part of my faith to, to share with them. So I do a lot of visitations throughout the week. There are certain set activities like the Taliban or the Street Boys Ministry. Every Thursday we have um, our team prayer and worship because we don't get to worship at church in English. Uh, We really make it a priority on our team that um, every Thursday from 4 to 6, we take time praying with one another. Um, Someone leads worship. Someone leads a devotional of some sort. We rotate through all uh, the different uh, families' houses.
2: Um, Mountain Village a lot. So those are just kind of
0: ideas of what kind of the week looks like.
2: Um, Yeah,
0: What's it like making friends? Like I know – a lot of times here, you know, when we're trying to live missionally, you know, it's hard sometimes to, to balance, like, making friends versus, like, you'd make like, people feeling like they're a project or something because <laughs> you're trying to, you know, help them find Christ. Yeah, that's a good question.
1: Um, it's, yeah, I can't look at people. as doesn't maybe me personally speaking here. I can't speak on other people's behalf, but... Um, can 't think of people as a project as much as just being friends with people as much as I can because first of all, there 's not many other believers to be friends with that 's already a given, so i don't have that option um, and if so, I already am friends with them. Um, but going out and making friends isn't really difficult for me um, like I shared, I like being out um, I like you know naturally whether it 's through playing soccer or just um, getting something made, going to the carpenter or the welder. Um, Those are easy connections for me to build relationships with people. And, um, yeah, I I just find it natural, I guess, to, I don't know, try to live out, try to live our faith, try to live out why we're there and not think of people just as a project, like I'm there just to share my faith with them, but truly trying to be friends with them and invest in that relationship first before trying to even, you know, express more of my faith. Makes sense,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's good information for here, too. <laughs> uh, we can definitely learn something from that. Um, what, are, what are the joys of being an international worker family overseas? Like, what are some fun things you guys do as a family? What are some of the challenges? Any stories?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of stories. If Natalie were here, I don't know if she was here or not. up there. We went camping with her, we took her camping out to the dunes. That was pretty fun. Um, you know, I, I really do appreciate growing up overseas and being able to. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of hardships, a lot of uh, sacrifices, if you will, are made to be in where we are. But um, I really count it a blessing and a privilege to be in Senegal. Um, for, for my kids to experience a different culture, different worldview, to have different perspectives, and to experience, you know, just everything is different. Um, there's, there's a part of that that just really grows and matures them uh, down the road. And I hope that they'll appreciate one day as I was growing up overseas um, to have a, a better appreciation of life and different cultures, different countries, different contexts. Um, yet one of the, <laughs> brutally honest here, one of the biggest struggles I think for for me and for I guess my family overall is there's that piece of you never have maybe quite deepest friendships
2: as you will from where you're from, right? And, and for me to – I don't get emotional. For me to, to, to take
1: Vicky and, and my kids over – I mean my kids were growing up over there, but um, to take Vicky overseas and to watch her let go of her friends here has been really, really hard um, because it's, just, it's a struggle for her. Um, more so than for me. Um, I can make friends easily. And I grew up in Africa. I don't know what it is. But I, I, can, I can make friends pretty easily. And, and it's, I don't struggle that way. Even though I do, I have let go of friends here. But I've watched Vicky really suffer. And that kills me. Um, to watch her watch her let go of her family and her friends. Not to be there. And even for my kids, you know, even though they're growing up there, they don't have a lot of friends. Um, there's a family that I'll share with it in a little bit. But they're Um, becoming better friends, even though there's that language barrier. Uh, They still somehow enjoy each other's presence and play with toys. Um, That's probably by far the biggest struggle that I see is um, just, yeah, a sense of loneliness. Even though we are on a team, we have other teammates, um, and that that helps uh, heal that some. Um, Yeah, we, we deal with loneliness still. Joys, yeah, we get to experience a lot of other things. We're close to the beach. You're close to snow, but I'm close to the beach. Uh, you win. Well we haven't seen
2: much snow, right? Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun things, I guess, to do too as well. Um, so when like
0: most of your life is is mission, is work, is you know related to ministry, how do you balance family and ministry?
1: Yeah, that that is a another. A challenge for me specifically. Um, cause my roles and Vicky's roles are very different on a daily, weekly basis. Obviously with kids, young kids, Vicky's at home a lot.
2: Um, uh, it, yeah. It's hard. Because all my friends are a project in a sense.
1: You know, I am there to visit and to be friends with them, but to also, I'm there specifically to, you know, continue to build on my faith and expressing that with them, um, it can be consuming. And in Senegal especially, their culture values time spent with one another. Um, And just to give an example, um, just on a daily basis, when I walk outside of my house, um, and I've shared this before, I don't greet that person walking down the road or my neighbor who's standing outside sweeping the porch or sweeping outside. um, it's, It's disrespectful to not greet, not to go over and say hi. But you imagine doing that with four or five of your neighbors every time you walk in and out of your house can take a lot of time. And then there's all all the visits that I'm making throughout the week, and then there's people that are begging constantly because of poverty, and there's the street boys' kids. Um, It's very hard to have time alone. Um, Even though we have a a house that has a wall, we have privacy there. Um, A lot of Family time can be disruptive, with just the daily needs that are being that are being asked of you. Uh, especially as you work on a team, trying to help other teammates. We have two new families that are still trying to finish up culture and language study, and so we're trying to give them a lot of attention. Um, yeah, I can go on and on and on about the different lists, but um, family takes a toll on a lot of those things, and so it is a challenge for me to really um, be intentional at taking time off or, yeah, spending family time. Even even evenings, like, because we don't have set hours, you know, I'm not working from 8 to 5, I come home at 5 and work is done. You know, it's just whenever that visit or that, I don't know, activity is finished for the day, I can come home. And then there are certain families in our neighborhood that have a sick sense of knowing when I get back home. I come and ask to beg, ask for food. I don't know how to do it. It is incredible. Like I could go home at eleven o'clock at night, and they'll come and knock on the door, or you know, early in the morning. And so it's exhausting. Friday is our day that we we've we've decided is our Sabbath. Those weekends don't tend to be a, a weekend; um, they are usually pretty busy. Um, Friday we decided is okay. Our team knows we we don't we don't have any activities planned. We usually just do family day, go to the beach, or go out for a walk, or something. So. There are ways
0: that we try to be intentional. <laughs> That's really good. Um, you, you've mentioned a couple times your team. How does the team thing work? Like, Do you guys all work together in the same ministries? Do you split up responsibilities? How does that work? Team life
1: is very hard. Um, and There's a difference between um, – <laughs> because we, 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 ha- we were just recruited uh, a year and a half ago uh, two new families who – this is like a, a second career for them or third career – Um, They were living in Missouri, and one of them was working at a Lexus dealership. Total business background, comes and works with, uh, you know, has enrolled in in mission work, and I've watched him really struggle to live on a team because it's not just working on a work team. It's different than going to work and you have your colleagues there at work, but it's total life team, and you get sick of one another. (laughs) Or you try not to get sick of one another is really what you're trying to do. yeah, so team, team life is, is, is a challenge. It, it's encouraging to have others that, that are going through the same joys and hardships of life and of culture and not understanding things, of language, struggles. But um, there's a statistic that 80% of missionaries that leave the field are because of disunity on team. Working on a team is hard. Um, you don't always get along. You don't always agree. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we're a team of five, uh, at least five alliance units, um, but we also partner with uh, Pioneers Mission, uh, and they have three single, uh, three singles on in, in, on our team as well. Two of them are in the states right now on a home assignment. Um, one's still there, and uh, so that's our team. Yeah, I've lost count. We're like nineteen in total, maybe, on our team. Yeah, um, it it has been it has been exciting. Uh, now that we have kids, that our kids have some other uh, other kids that are there closer to their age that speak English <laughs> and can play with, yeah. So there's a, there are a lot of perks for, for team team life. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: Yeah. Um. So, like, what is your you and Vicky? What are your main roles right now? Like, what is the main thing you're working on right now?
2: Sure. Uh,
1: Vicky's main role is a mom. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, and the truth is that Vicki is, is home a lot with the kids. Um, she is one of our primary roles in our Taliban ministry, our street boys ministry program, because she um, deals with all the health care of that um, with the kids. Um, and so she's able to carry on some of her medical expertise in that ministry. Um, she, has, she does attend certain um, women's groups or women's seeker groups from time to time uh, that are offered throughout the month. Um, for me, I'm I'm assistant team leader this year, uh, so we do have like a, a team leader uh, on our team, and um, I've been taking a lot of his rules, his uh, like administration rules, um, kind of learning the ropes because next year um, our team leader is going on home assignment, and I'll be filling in for him. Um, so that's been a little shift this year, is kind of learning a lot of the budget and a lot of those boring admin things that take a lot of time. <laughs> um, but uh, aside from that, just um, Vicki and I are, are heavily involved in our Street Boys program. That's one of our main activities that, that we lead, um, as well as a new um, pilot project um, for, for a church plan out in, in the village of Lampstar, which is something new that's taken place about uh, five, six months ago when we kind of started this new, uh, new reach outside of the city. And that's, that's been taking a lot of my time, and it's been a joy uh, to be heading up. Yeah, I'll share a little bit.
0: So another, maybe you perceive this as a trick question, but you gave me the list of questions, so uh, that's your own fault. Uh, what's your favorite ministry? Yeah, um,
2: uh, yeah, that was a hard one. But I,
1: I like visitation. I like one-on-one discipleship with people. So visiting is is by far my my most favorite activity to do throughout the week, um, but. Going out to the village, um, just just about 15 minutes from where we live, 30 minutes outside of the city. All in all, has been uh, one of my my new joys in this uh, in this past couple months of uh, exploring a new a new area of ministry in hopes of a church plant down the future. Um, it's been it's been um, really encouraging for me to walk alongside my friend. Uh, uh can't say his name <laughs> my my young friend who i've been discipling, and you guys probably know of um from the village of waiting on god he's um he's been someone that i've been mentoring and working alongside and i'm now seeing um he's wanting he he's enjo- joining me in this this uh this outreach of this new village and he's yeah really really making a big impact of of especially knowing the culture, building relationships with people in this new village, all for the sake of hoping that this is going to be a new ministry base for us, uh, kind of a, a vision for reaching outside of the city, different villages, all through uh, sports. Him and I share uh, a passion for soccer, and so we're, we're kind of getting our foot in the door through, through sports, of uh, hopefully a church plant is what we're, what we're reaching for. And um, I've just been enjoying... This this new this new project of getting him set up. We bought him some land um, to hopefully build a house and be permanent out in the village one day. And it's just been a joy to be out there regularly meeting with people, as I love to do, and just kind of seeing a big shift and a big change. Um, It's excited and exciting to me. I'll continue to show videos and uh, pictures down the road as that kind that continues to develop.
0: What types of people? Do you do you get to minister to you know are they mostly poor or what's their religious background?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, obviously most of Senegal is Islam, um, so we just assume most people are Muslim, and <laughs> there are times that we get surprised, <laughs> um, so we do got to be careful at times. But um, the majority of people that we're, we're hanging out with are poor people, but we don't obviously we're not we're not just prioritizing them. Um, God is surprising us, uh, for instance, with a family that uh, moved into our neighborhood uh, a couple months ago, and they're, they're not poor, they're not, like, super rich, but, um, yeah, God is using us to be a major impact in their life, too. So um, I'd say the, most, the majority of our, our activities, our ministries that are coming out of the church are really targeting um, underprivileged uh, people, poor, those who are uneducated, um, yeah, who don't have a means to
2: provide for themselves. Those are kind of... That we're working with. Healing. In what ways have you guys seen God
0: working you know, through you? Or, you know, what's going on ministry wise?
1: Yeah, um, I shared it at uh, Sunday school. If you were there, you would have been able to see a little bit, a few more pictures, and got a, names I could share. Um, lately, uh, aside from this uh, new project out in the
2: village, it's really been. Um, it's been exciting to see how God um, has, <laughs>
1: I don't know, allowed us to, to what we thought was in a location where we thought God was going to start a church and, and grow, grow a, a small group of believers has um, kind of, you know, surprised us and allowed us to focus a little bit further out, uh, distance-wise, out of the city. Um, for a very important reason that we never really thought of um, at first. When we were on home assignment a year and a half ago, we shared about a village that um, we really believed God was going to start a uh, start a church there. Um, our, our team and our church and, and other um, short-term teams that had come out were really investing in this village called Waiting on God. I can share you that much, and you, you probably heard the stories. Um, to do a lot of work in this village, and we did uh, – we, we had a few believers uh, come to the Lord, a lot of seekers, a lot of ministry, and a good reputation in this village. But because um, of the reasons for the city, um, they reclaimed a lot of this land, forcing people in this village to, to move out and disperse. And so we lost a lot of connections, a lot of relationships. And it just, um, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't, we didn't have any security of, of purchasing land. And so we decided okay, God doesn't want us. Um, Obviously, in this village at the moment, or permanently. So we're going to continue to look elsewhere. And so there was other places that we had a, a, a foundation, a Christian witness, a Christian foundation, so to speak, um, for multiple years. And so we were trying to build up on those, and looking for God. Look at just seeking God's direction and wisdom. You know, is this where you're leading us to next? Is this where we should be invest in more? And bit by bit, you know, three different times, God, three different locations, three different times. I just made it clear that this is not where I want you. This is not where I want you to move out. And he took us all the way out, I said, like 30 minutes out of the city to a village that has never heard the gospel, has never had anyone share anything about Christ, no Christian presence, no Christian witness. And and yet, not even five kilometers down the road, there are Christians living in that village. Okay? God brought us all the way to this village and allowed us to buy some land and really have an open door into this community. Now, we're anticipating a lot of pushback and persecution. Um, there's some cool stories that God is, that God is uh, revealing, and, and God is yeah, already starting to work in people's hearts, and we're just getting excited. How God is just really just leading this vision, not us. We have, we have an idea what we want to do, um, and I shared a little bit of that at Sunday School. We want to focus on some sports uh, geared towards young adults, that can uh, reach different villages and primarily this village as well, um, all for spreading the gospel further and further out, which is what we've been wanting to do for a long time, in hopes of working towards um, establishing another church. And so we're getting excited for that. That's something that's happened in the past uh, five, six months. I shared briefly about this other family that came from Italy that is um, living in in our in our in our neighborhood that has really surprised my wife and I. We We've been praying for years that God would would um, help us reach our neighbors. We've had opportunities to invite our neighbors to Christmas, pr- Christmas programs or Easter programs at our house. Um, none of them have been really interested or really responsive, but this family that came to our neighborhood about eight months ago from Italy um, are part Senegalese, part Italian, and they are just hungry for God. And to the point where they're reading the Bible on their own, I'm not having to really encourage them all that much. Um, and so that's just refreshing. You know, we don't see a lot of results for the seeds that we plant spiritually, but um, God is at work. And we don't always know his ways. We um, don't always know what he's doing, but yet God, God is working um, behind the scenes a lot. And, um, he reveals those, those, those exciting moments in his perfect timing. So Yeah, some exciting things coming.
0: With God doing some awesome stuff, do you guys ever really just sense the enemy pushing back?
1: Yeah, um, all the time. First of all, things are very slow. and Maybe that's just from a Western perspective. We like to, we like to get moving. We like to, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a doer. <laughs> I like to make my lists and check them off and get things rolling. And, and most of the time, I, I don't get anything done um, during the day. Um, but just, you know, there's, there's, there's challenges partnering with a church and working alongside the church. Um, you know, we have our, our visions as a team and as, a, and as an alliance team, um, and, and oftentimes the church doesn't always agree with um, our ideas or strategies. And so it's just a lot of compromise. And so I think the enemy can definitely, there's, there's, there's cracks that the enemy is really, that the, really he comes in and, and brings division at times, slows things down, which sometimes is good. You know, um, I know our church really struggles a lot um, with unity. Um, there's a lot of a lot of little divisions that can really um, really prevent um, gospel from advancing, especially with a church that is very, very small. There's very little room for that, to be honest for 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 in order for the gospel to advance, and yet um, yes and yet it's there. every church has it, right? but um, and our church is no exception there's a lot of there are some divisions, disagreements. It's frustrating, especially because um, I shared in Sunday school, Senegal, Senegalese culture, maybe it's primarily more Wolof culture, um, they're not direct with people. So if, I, if I've offended you, um, you would never come and directly tell me why I offended you. And, it could, and you might go around all these rabbit trails, but it can hold, especially with people in our church, they've, they've held on to grudges for years that just people won't even come to church anymore because they don't want to see that person that has offended them. And it's so frustrating for us to try to come in and try to be a bridge and try to bring healing. Um, yeah, I, I can't even go into all those cultural pieces that do not always make sense to me. Um, but
2: yet they're real and they exist. And yeah, the enemy takes advantage of those.
0: Is there anything that you're like, oh, Really feel like I just this is something that maybe a question that we've asked didn't hit on, but you really feel like it's something you want to share. Is there anything that, you know that you just feel like you need to share that you haven't had a chance to yet?
2: Really broad question. <laughs> 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 that is um, okay. I'm sure well. there is. That's okay uh, as well. No. Uh, oh, oh, god. Yeah, um, I, I, maybe to just add on to um, ways the
1: enemy discourages and, and you know, disunifies, if that's a word, um, even within our own team. Um, you know, I grew up, I grew up overseas, but my family was uh, more a pioneer missionaries. We didn't, we weren't on a team, and so um, even for me, team life has been has been a challenge. Um, it's easier when you're just a few, few units, you know, two or three. It's easier to get along um, at times, but when you're adding more and more people into that that mix, it becomes quite a challenge to collectively try to move all together in one vision. Um, just like a church, you know, it's it can be challenging. And so, um, this 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 term has really been exhausting to try to be intentional at. Pouring into our new teammates because we want them to thrive. We want them to be established, um, and uh, so a lot of a lot of this this past year and a half has really giving our attention to them, and it has pulled away from some of maybe personal ministries that Vicki and I want to f- uh, pursue, or even um, Mike and Valerie, who are our team leaders. I've I've seen them sacrifice a lot of their their ministries that have been effective, um, and their gifting especially, um, all for the sake of Wanting our, our team to, to be in it for the long haul, for the long term. Because um, we've seen a lot of people turn around and go, um, especially up where we're at. So, um, yeah, I don't know why I've, I've added that. But just that's been a big team life can be freeing in a sense because you have more helping hands. You have more people to encourage one another. You have a little community amongst ourselves. But it can be a big burden as well to... Um, Try to keep everyone afloat, so that we're we're working together, and trying to keep a, maintain a, the the same vision as well. Um,
0: yeah, hard. Um, I know one thing that I often wonder. We get a little taste sometimes in the videos that you guys send us, but what is church like? What is what does a worship service look like?
2: Sure. Um, our church
1: surprisingly. Starts at 10 and usually gets out at noon, which is very un- unusual for a lot of Africa churches. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but church starts at 10, um, and at the moment we don't really have much program for the, for the kids. Uh, there's not like a Sunday school, um, although uh, one, of, one of our teammates has, we'll, we'll take some of the kids out from time to time and just do some storing with them to try to, you know, occupy them a little bit during the service. But uh, the service usually starts out by, um, I don't know what to say, just um, unled worship. So there's a few youth in the church that, you know, they may have a piano or a guitar and drum, but they're up there. And they have uh, Christian song books. I don't know who put it together, but there are certain songs and <laughs> some of them are hymns that are translated <laughs> into Wolof, which are really awkward to sing. They don't really flow well. Um, but, but they love them. And uh, so they have just a time, probably about half hour, 20 minutes or so. People can suggest, song, suggest songs and they just spontaneously sing songs. Um, and then we have a time of uh, a prayer and it's a good 20 to 30 minutes where people can just open, share prayer requests or praises or testimonies and we pray for all those requests. So, uh, so whoever's leading prayer time, asks different people in the, in the congregation to pray for those requests that are led. and So you've got to be attentive of all time. I've been caught off guard many times where I'm thinking of something else and someone's called on me and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, it's good. It's humbling. Um, and then uh, there's usually a, a worship group that has a couple songs that they've prepared and they come and lead worship. And then someone, um, one of the elders, but there's not a set. There is a, a pastor of our church, more of a head figure, but it's, it, it's a it's a brethren church, so they share that responsibility of the teaching. And so all the, the elders will um, have a rotation of who's teaching uh, or preaching. Uh, sometimes I'm asked or some of our teammates are asked if they want to preach as well. And so there is like a rotation. And um, yeah, that's what uh, church service is like for the most part.
0: Neat. Uh, one question that... Uh I was thinking about was, so when your girls get old enough, what will yeah. school look like for yeah, them? Yeah,
1: that's, that's a big prayer request and a big, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say concern, but it is. Um, we're, we're thankful that we have a single lady on our team that has specifically come out um, to join our team to teach the MKs because our, um, our team is growing and there's a lot more kids, and a lot of them cannot attend boarding school because they're not old enough. Um, so she has come out to just be a teacher for, for the, the MKs on our team. And so she teaches anywhere from I think our youngest right now is third grade uh, through, uh, through ninth grade right now is kind of the age group that she's, she's taken on. Um, so that is what we're hoping if she sticks around and if the Alliance allows her to stay there, um, that Akila, who you know, soon will be starting kindergarten, first grade, will have... I heard a teacher. Otherwise, we've we've thought about uh, sending her to a local school. Um, There's one in our neighborhood, even uh, that we've we've considered. Um, Otherwise, it's homeschooling. It just depends on um, what's available, really. So those are the options at the moment. There is a boarding school in Dakar, in the capital city, but um, the boarding program doesn't doesn't allow kids um, to come. Usually, high school, unless they have a sibling there, they can come in middle school as well. So it's not really an option
0: yeah. when when it is an option, that would be what they would be doing,
1: yeah, possibly possibly okay
0: <laughs> yeah um how far away is that uh a three four hour drive okay. not too far yeah not too bad yeah. um you you went to boarding school, correct yeah, how far away was that from your parents
1: um I went to three different boarding schools um because everyone kept getting closed down. I don't know what I did um, <laughs> They didn't like me or something. Uh, the, first, the first school I went to was first grade through third grade. Um, it was across the country, so it, was, it would have been a 10-hour drive my parents. And then I um, didn't have enough kids to start continue that program, so I was sent to Ivory Coast, uh, which was a good eight-hour flight, <laughs> and then another 10-hour, five-hour, six-hour bus drive, really. So it took two days to get to that school. And, uh, and then I went to Dakar Academy, which is the other school in Senegal. I finished my high school there. So three different schools. My parents didn't like me, so they sent me away. <laughs> First grade. That was good. They loved me, but uh, they didn't. That that is a, a you know a, a blessing. Is that there's a lot more options now, uh, especially with internet being available, especially where we are.
0: There are options for homeschooling, if that's uh, needed.
2: Yeah. Cool. Uh,
0: I mean, you've definitely shared some some specific ways that we can be praying for you guys in your ministry. Um, but what are some other ways that we can support you guys that, that maybe we haven't even thought of? Sure. Um,
1: one thing that you've done that has been really encouraging and, and not all that normal, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, As uh, we've asked in the past uh, year and a half when we, when we returned to Senegal, we asked um, Steve and Pastor Doug when he was here a couple times to pre-record uh, a devotional or just something to share with us um, as a team, or maybe just personally with Vicky and I, um, you know what it's like to constantly minister to other people, but feeling the lack of ministry to yourself. And um, even though we're on a team, we're we're taking turns, sharing with one another, trying to encourage one another. It's refreshing to have a third party come in and and share a devotional with us. And so we've asked, um, just Vicky and I have been doing this. There are not not any others on our team are. Asked uh, their home churches, but we asked. Um, we've done two or three times now, which has been really cool. Just share whatever God has laid on your heart, um, and, and we'll you know show it maybe at our prayer and worship time that week, or uh, sometimes uh, once a year we have a, a specific prayer retreat for our team. Beginning of every year to kind of pray about what are the goals that God wants our team to focus on this year, and so uh, you shared last time, and that was super encouraging. Um, that, that's just a simple way that can be encouraging to us. If a few of you want to share just something what God has laid in your heart, record it. Or if you want to even live stream it, we could do a Skype or something like that, or a Zoom, if that's what we do nowadays. Zoom. <laughs> um, we've, had, we've had a few people do that. Um, another thing that, that our team is trying to do better at is hosting live um, uh, prayer times. Uh, we've, we've been really trying to increase the amount of prayer um, collectively as a team that we're doing on a, on a weekly basis, but also we want to extend that to our prayer warriors, our supporters. And we, we did once already, and maybe maybe some of you attended that, I don't know, um, a couple months ago, we, we just said for an hour, um, anybody from our team and, and their supporting churches can get on a Zoom call, and we're just going to, we had specific prayer requests that were bullet points that we're going to um, talk about and pray about and people can just openly pray and that was really encouraging and we're, th- we're thinking about doing that more maybe doing a whole hour maybe 24 hours, I don't know but we're, um, that's, that's one way that maybe you guys can join in that if that's interesting to you, otherwise um, I know that for Vicki and I a simple way to be encouraging to us is just email us, say hi or message us on something you know um, just hear from you uh, right. and one, maybe one question I have for you guys are any of these videos that we're sending <laughs> interesting to you guys do we continue to do that or not I, I don't always know maybe, <laughs> maybe that's one thing just say hey we like that continue that or maybe talk or share something on a different subject I'm open to anything you guys want us to record or show live footage of um, sometimes I run out of ideas <laughs> 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 to the point where I had to show a donkey in that last video you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, uh, I mean, I think the response was obvious, but I really enjoy getting to stay in touch with what you guys are doing in ministry, and those videos definitely help. Um, I know you guys send out uh, a newsletter. Um, How do people get on the list for for getting your newsletter? Yeah,
1: just simply, um, even if today you're not on our list and you want to be a part of our newsletter, write your name and email address on a piece of paper, give it to me or uh, the the Chapmans, and they'll. Or email us at some point, say, hey, I want to be on your list. We'll just add you to our list. Um, yeah. Um, we were at Oil City last week, and I wanted offic- – there are a partnering church. So I just wanted to express that. And I wanted to make sure that they knew, and I want to make sure you know as well, that um, I know COVID has thrown a wrench in a lot of – in all our lives. Um, and for, for – well, since COVID started, we haven't been receiving any teams until three weeks ago. <laughs> A team from Montana came out that has been really wanting to come out for two, three years, and they finally came out. But um, I just wanted to say, vocalize that, too. there is ever a desire for anyone to come, even whether it's a mission trip or just to come out and visit or whatever, um, you're, you're always welcome. Um, I'll just leave it as that.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. I know, I know that uh, not a lot of us, uh, a handful, mostly, I think all family, <laughs> uh, I've had an opportunity to come and see what you guys are doing out there. That would be a really neat opportunity. Yeah. Um, well, uh, before we wrap up, I'd just really like to take the opportunity to pray for you guys uh, as you get ready to head back and, and get back into ministry. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We Thank you for the chance that we have to have the kind of relationship that we do with Eric and Vicky and family. Lord, it gives us a, a unique opportunity as we know them very well to be able to pray for them and support them. So we thank you for that opportunity, but Lord, I pray that you would just continually put them on our hearts
2: to remind us and support
0: them in whatever way we can. We think of them as they travel this week. We pray for their safety. We pray that wouldn't miss any connections. I wouldn't have delayed flights and things, Lord. But that it would just be a smooth trip back. We pray for a negative COVID tests so that they can get on the plane and get back to get back to Senegal again, as we did earlier. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that they got to come home and be with family for a little while and get refreshed. We thank you for the vacation pray that you would have used it to refresh them, to renew them, Lord, as they go back. Give them a renewed spirit and just a freshness, Lord, as they, they get back into serving Senegal. Lord, we pray for the friendships that you would give them, just the, just the depth that they need in order to have those kinds of relationships and support over there. Lord, we thank you for the call you've placed on their life and their willingness to serve just continue to renew them and refresh them and sustain them.
2: In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you all really. Um, you guys have been so uh, supportive of Vicki and I from the get-go. Um, and I don't know if I've said it enough but really thank you. Thank you for all that you do. For your prayers, um, your financial support,
2: um, all the different ways that you are uh, staying in touch with us. We really do appreciate it. Let's say Thank you.